Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go race. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch, Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got time out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like before I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. We are back on the Loud Pedal Podcast. D. Welch, heavy lunch with you on a Tuesday, October 18th. We are in spooky season, pumpkin cider season. Uh, what is it? No, actually, what? Pumpkin spice season, all the white um, girls. Yes, PSL love. season. Uh, dude, my wife made me go to, well, didn't make me go to Boston. I loved going to Boston. It was very fun. Um, Salem, Massachusetts is literally profiting on um, their past, which is, like you know, a f- full of witches and, you know, stuff like that back in, like, the, you know, the early, early days, right? Um, well, I guess because of this Hocus Pocus 2 movie, which I did watch, um and the 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 previous hocus pocus movie which was our childhood you can no longer even drive a car into the city of salem because there is no room because there are so many white girl witches walking around looking to take selfies in front of houses uh and i one of them and it was a lot of fun it was good you were one of those girls (laughs) we went there uh you know we got our picture in front of the witch house and then walked around and then uh, we went whale watching in Boston. That was a lot of fun off the coast. Um, Atlantic saw a 50 foot humpback whale. Uh, then we drank at the pubs that our forefathers drank at, you know, and 
and, and decided to write the Declaration of Independence and uh, put their John Hancock to the line and, and save our country. So it was a great patriotic, uh, you know, October fall weekend in Boston. It was, it was a lot of fun. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> now let's get on to the show. Shane Cockrum uh, is joining the podcast today. He, what did he say? He, he was quoted by uh, Richie, uh, the Indi- the, well, no, the Illinois miles. Uh, it doesn't get any better than this in silver crown racing. He's now won both of them. He won DeCoin twice, jumped into the pond, the lake, whatever it is in the infield. Uh, and then uh, though he wasn't the star of the show, uh, at uh, Illinois this in the Springfield Mile this week. He still won the race, and uh, it was a big win for him. Yeah, and, and Shane is from Benton, Illinois, which is just down the road, literally, from DeCoin, uh, from the DeCoin State Fairgrounds. And so DeCoin's always his home race, and uh, I was on the call for his first DeCoin win, and that was, uh, that was a super exciting moment for him, but I know that he's been wanting Springfield ever since. And um, you know, so cool to, to join kind of a, a somewhat exclusive list of, of guys who have won both miles. And, um, you know, it's always, always special when it's the Illinois guy that, you know, is able to, to win both of those. And, um, you know, that was, you know, that was something that meant a lot to him. So I was happy to see that for him. I love the silver crown series. It has been so good last year, great point championship against Cody Swanson. And it continues this year with he and Logan CV battling it out for the championship. It feels like deja vu. Uh, I believe there's three or four points separating them going into IRP this weekend. Pavement track obviously gives the advantage to Cody Swanson, uh, but a lot of fun over the weekend. I mentioned the biggest story. Uh, well, I mentioned the second biggest story, which is Shane Cochran won in the race. The first biggest story was Kaylee Bryson led over 70 laps of the 100 mile race at the Springfield mile hammering the fence with bravery at will uh did cared no like didn't care at all about what was going to happen to her in that race car and absolutely buried the right rear so of that silver crown car on the fence for over 70 laps it was a sight to see if you missed it go back and watch it because it was harrowing it was nauseating it was something that was probably uh put her on the map in my opinion even though she didn't win the race yeah i mean it was you know and i think i think anybody who's watched her the last couple of years you know there's never been any doubt that she stands on the gas um but i think it's always it's always so much more exaggerated on the silver crown races and especially at the mile uh the miles when somebody does that because everybody just rides the rail and, and you, you kind of have to, you know, at some point, because you got to save fuel, you got to save your tires. You got to just ride to, to be there at the end of these races. So when somebody does go off the bottom and makes it work, uh, not only is it fun to watch, it's just kind of rare because, um, especially with the way Springfield was, you know, it wasn't like there was a real defined curb or, you know, a cushion or anything. It was just kind of real choppy. At least it looked that way on TV, um, you know, real choppy and just kind of, um, you know, you kind of had to know what you were doing to go up there and run it and be fast. And, um, you know, I was, I was afraid watching that she was going to uh, eventually get eaten up by the guys that, you know, have won these races before and are veterans of the series. And, you know, and ultimately that's kind of what happened. Um, but it's always fun and, and everybody always can appreciate somebody that tries to do something different and tries to be, um, you know, tries to be a hero with those races because that's kind of what it's all about. So 
was super fun to watch. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that, think that, you know, if there was any doubt that she was legit and she was the real deal that, you know, she certainly proved it. Um, and it's always amazing to me too. You know, you, you look at these cars and these cars are, you know, behemoths. I mean, they're gigantic cars. Um, and then, I mean, even the guys too, you know, these, you know, guys like Justin Grain or these little tiny things, um, get out of these cars, you know, and Kaylee's, you know, I don't even know. I mean, she's gotta be five foot, hundred pounds, you know, she's the little, uh, and she was out there just driving the wheels off of this, you know, this massive race car. Um, it, I just always think that's so cool that you've got, you got people like that going up against, um, you know, grown adults, grown men, you know, big boys who are, are, you know, seasoned silver crown racers. So I think that's one of the coolest parts about that series. Hustling. Uh, no question about that. Uh, you know, will she win a Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shake of the Week? She probably should get a look this week. We'll uh, see. Before we move on to that, uh, we're talking about the Silver Crown Championship. Um, Logan CB leads Cody Swanson going into Cody Swanson's, one of his best racetracks at IRP, though CB has been pretty solid on the pavement this year, keeping him in championship happens this week at IRP. Uh, does CB get one championship closer to a triple crown, or does Cody Swanson win yet another? Man, I don't know, but I think that's a good point too. You know, I, I remember um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago now when you and I were talking about Chris Windham winning the, the Triple Crown Championship, um, and we kind of all talked about how he may be the last one that has a legitimate shot to do it. And I think it's interesting that, um, you know, now it's like there's guys realistically that, you know, are pretty close. It's like if CB can win the Silver Crown Championship or Justin Grant can win a Silver Crown Championship, They've each got one left that they got to win. Grant has uh, already. Grant's got a, yeah, Grant's got a midget championship. He's got to win. Uh, but I, I was, I'm saying they've got one of the national oh. divisions. They've got to win. So Grant's got to win a midget <laughs> championship, and um, you know, a sprint car championship, I guess. So he's got, he's got to win a couple. I was, um, yeah. But CB, you know, CB, if, if he wins, car. yeah, if CB, he wins one. Um, you know, he's he's right there. So. Um, and I think if he gets a solid sprint car, right, he definitely has a shot at winning a sprint car championship. So, um, you know, I think, it, I think it's, it's possible, you know, again, someday that we could see a, another triple crown winner, which would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We will have live, uh, coverage of that race at IRP. Uh, that's going to be a big one. Um, pay, you know, pavement open wheel racing is really good right now, dude. Like, uh, Tyler Rorick has been really fun to watch this year. He's won a lot of sprint car races on pavement. Um, I feel like IRP uh, is a good place to kind of set up the championship battle, right, in the Silver Crown Series with that many points separating. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen on the track. If if something happens with Cody, you know, CB's going to be right there to pounce, I think. Yeah, and I know what I was thinking with Grant, too, because Grant's leading the sprint car championship, so he's he's kind of on his way to potentially having two of the three. But, but yeah, uh, you know, back to this, the Silver Crown thing. Um, yeah, it's going to be super interesting. I think, um, I think if CV can beat Cody at IRP, you know, or, in, and, and find a way to win this championship there, I think that would have to add some level of, uh, you know, of, of specialness to it for them too, because, um, you know, there's, there's no doubt that that's Cody's house. Um, so if they can find a way to, to pull one out there and, and, you know, kind of beat him at his own game, I think that would be, uh, would make it extra important. So. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun. It's a, it's a good weekend at Raceway Park. It's a triple header. They got the midgets and the sprint cars running too. So um should be a lot of fun. Should be. And it uh, feels like deja vu. You know, last year we had Robbie Rice and uh, 
Ronnie Gardner on the show to discuss uh, their potential championship that actually ended at Toledo last year in the Silver Crown Series. Uh, IRP, we'll see what happens uh, between another back-to-back year a battle championship against Logan CB and Cody Swanson. Will we see that a battle kind of continue into the future? They're both young guys. I feel like uh, they both can uh, probably continue this here for a while. Uh, so tune in this week. Also, another big race radar before we get to the Sun Dollar Hat Shakes of the Week and get out of here and talk to uh, Shane Cockrum. Uh, the Keith Coons Give Back Classic is happening this week. D. Welch, I don't think, has found a ride for that one yet, but uh, I did see the entry list. There are 82 cars already entered. I expect a few more to be entered as well. Uh, the biggest names in micro racing vying for $15,000 or a championship ride with Keith Coons and $7,500. Uh, actually, actually, yeah, a Chili Bowl ride with Keith Coons. Why did I say a championship? Um, the Chili Bowl championship, right? Uh, no, you get to drive for Keith Coons at the Chili Bowl. And that's a cool opportunity, a cool race. Tune in this week, uh, the 20th through the 22nd on Flow Racing for the Keith Coons Give Back Classic. All right, let's get to our Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week, brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. They are based in Carmel, Indiana. They'll help you with water, fire, mold, restoration in the greater Indianapolis area. They'll put a roof on your house. They are great people. They support racing. Uh, they support Dylan, Zeb Wise, um, many others in racing, uh, circle city. I think they're part of as well. They, they, um, you know, they support racing. So we support them and that's why uh, they're on the show and they're the hat shake partners. So, uh, Kim and Jason are good friends at sundollar.net. Uh, we can go through the winners. I know Rico sweeped, uh, the Dennis Roth classic. Uh, congrats to him. James McFadden won with the outlaws. Um, Shane Cockrum on our show this week. He won at Springfield. Jade Avedesian won the power. Eye national feature, uh and what blake hahn i think he had a sweep as well at devil's bowl um that's just some of the things i saw i think i saw robert blue one of the kokomo clash as well who's your hat shake this week your sun dollar hat shake well i feel like i feel like we definitely have to give one to haley so she's a i don't know if an honorable mention is the right phrase but she definitely gets one um that's i think I jade yeah i think jade too to keep with the uh the lady gassers theme um jade certainly deserves one too because that uh that drive that she had at, at uh uh riverside at i-44 uh was just as ballsy um you know she had to bang the thing off the curb and had to you know about turn it over a few times and and just kept hammering it kept digging um you know and, and got her second win of the year with the uh with the extreme deal so um thought that was a, an impressive drive from her showed a lot of composure a lot of um, maturity and and I think you know she's another one too that you know I don't think people have ever um, you know thought that she wasn't good but I think um, you know a, a good solid year like she had this year you know of experience and I, I would imagine she's going to maybe go out and run out west too with USAC but um, you know she's continually getting better and I think she's going to be a force to be reckoned with you know for years to come too so I'll give one to Jade and Kaylee. Kaylee made the Chili Bowl as the first woman to make a Chili Bowl A main appearance uh, this past year, so she will be at the Chili Bowl. Uh, we'll likely see her at the shootout as well. She's a good micro racer. Uh, Jada Avedesian is in the same boat. She runs mid, uh, micros as well, so maybe we see them race uh, this winter uh, on Flow Racing. Uh, my hat shake is going to go to Corey Day. I've been watching uh, Hanford um, the past couple of weeks, and he is a gasser, an absolute gasser. Um, 
whenever you think he's out of the race, he'll, you know, gap you from a straightaway and throw a slider on you and pull away from you. I mean, it's, he is a really fast race car driver. I think he's what, 15, 16. Yeah, he's young. Um, he won. For, yeah. He won for Claus becoming the youngest midget winner in USAC history at circle city raceway this year. Um, but He's going head-to-head -head with some very, very good sprint car drivers and Dominic Selzy, uh, Shane Golubic, um, you know, Justin Sanders runs out. Uh, the California sprint car, wing sprint car scene is, you know, if it's, if it's not the second best in the nation, uh, it's the first best uh, as far as regional series. I mean, Pennsylvania, of course, the best. Um, you know, I'm a Ohio guy. Uh, I think that the California scene has some very talented race car drivers, cool mosquitoes. Uh, proven that in Ohio this year. Um, but to see Corey Day that young and and going against these guys with a lot of experience like that has been impressive this year. Yeah, he's 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 been good and and um made the Chili Bowl A main this year and and um you know yeah another another young guy that uh you know we don't get to see very much on the open wheel side uh just because he runs out there with with the wing on but um, you know, always is always is fast. No matter what he's in, he's always impressive and always stands on the gas. For sure. Be sure to check out flowracing.com to see all the races happening this week. I mentioned the Give Back Classic happening 20th through the 22nd, and also IRP happening on Saturday, a triple header there uh, with Casey Kohler and the gang at Indianapolis Raceway Park. Uh, Shane Cockrum is next. Thanks for joining the show. Um, thanks to our partners at dirtdraft.com. Play their games this week. You can play the IRP race. Uh, and a few others. Uh, I'm guessing the Outlaws are probably racing. Um, don't know. Dirtdraft.com. Play those games. Uh, and thanks to our partners at Sundollar. Cockrum is next. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow. Gentlemen, start your engine. The race cars too are historic. They are the ancestors of the current Indianapolis car. As we get ready for exciting but we're not here for horses, we're here for horsepower. Welcome back to the Loud Pedal Podcast. We promised you the fireman Shane Cockrum is in the house. He has um, put his firefighting duties on pause to uh, tell us his story. What's up, Shane? Congratulations on the win over the weekend. That was a big one. <clears throat> yeah, right on, guys, man. Thanks for having me. Uh... Yeah, we're putting her on hold, like I said, uh, unless uh, something crazy 747 goes down. I'm with you guys for as long as you want here today. <laughs> <laughs> so you've won DeCoin a couple times. This was your first Springfield win. Um, DeCoin's a little closer to home for you, but to win Springfield, now to have both of them, how cool was that for you? Yeah, you know, that's pretty badass. It really is. Um you know, I, I guess maybe earlier in my career, I would have probably just kind of blew it off and said, let's win the next one, you know. And, and I think it's easy to do when you when you start racing a lot of races, you, uh, you know, you, you sometimes don't have enough time to sit and, uh, you know, maybe smell the roses. But uh, certainly getting a little bit older and, and uh, you know, I, it's been nice to kind of. Um, you know, sit and think a little bit about what the achievement, you know, was. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, Richie and USAC and those guys start coming out with a few uh few statistics and and that really kind of drives it home you know and uh you know i think uh, 26 different 26 different guy to win both of them but i think maybe the fourth or fifth in with the illinois boys and 
you know, you that's Branson and and uh, Wyndham and and uh, you know some some pretty dang good names. So it's cool to be involved uh, in that that category. Yeah, that's history, right? That's that's and you're a lover of history. You were just showing me some of your cars. Uh, I, I love the quote, uh, the Illinois miles, you know, something like that. I can't believe this. Like, just what was the feelings like, the emotions? Yeah, you know, it, honestly, there's just so many because, uh, you know, the last month has been such a whirlwind, uh, you know, for us. Um, you know, Ducoin being my home, you know, home track and, and where I, really both of my home tracks, I guess. But, uh, you know, Ducoin 15 minutes away. I've been going there since I've been a year old. Um, you know, my highlight of my entire year every year was going you know, with my parents and sitting in the grandstand and listen, listening to the echo and, and the fiddlesticks and corn dogs and funnel cakes, you know, and just doing that deal. And, you know, there's just something sweet about the way a silver crown car echoes off the, uh, you know, the, the old covered grandstand. So, um, you know, it's always been huge. It's been a ton to me just to, you know, held really just to be there. And then, uh, you know, to, to get an opportunity to, you know, possibly win and then win one and then win two and then win both at, at both places. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, like I said, we've, we battled here in this last month. We battled uh, deaths w- with big supporters on our race team and w- a blown motor and over and stuff and leading 75 laps at Ducoin and then not winning. And, you know, it was, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, honestly, I wish we had more mile races, but I'm I'm wore out for the year on on the you know the emotions just the raw yeah you know feelings that you get with it. So obviously they're you know the only two left are the Illinois miles, so it, it kind of takes on a different importance level for you. But everybody was talking about how Kaylee right at the start of this one and how she was just so impressive and running the top. But I was watching, and I'm sure there's a lot of other people too. I mean you're you're included, I'm sure in that that probably wondered how long it was going to last, right? How long could she keep doing that? So take us behind the wheel and, and kind of your perspective where you were running when you were watching her do that and and kind of how you have to position yourself for the end of those races more so than kind of being flashy at the beginning. Yeah, you know, I and, and that's always been my strong suit. Uh, you know, I maybe I'm not, you know, maybe it's hurt me on quarter miles, but I've always been able to, uh, you know, just be really uh, witty and, and, you know, make sure I put myself in good positions. And really it's why my success has happened on, on the miles. And uh, of course, went to do coin and got caught, caught in the moment, the hometown crowd and all that stuff and led 75. And of course, you know, I, so I knew exactly where Kaylee was at and you want, I mean, let's, let's start off premise with it. I'm going to talk about a badass race car driver, um, man, you, she's, she's the real deal. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you why, um, just, you know, being able to track her and be behind her and see the things she does. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I wasn't, I was going to let him go. I, you know, I, I learned my lesson at Ducoin. I, I, I don't know that I've ever led a silver crown race before lap 50 and one. And, uh, you know, I, I told the guys in, in our pre pre team meeting, Hey, listen, if I, if I drop back, don't worry about me. We're, uh, we're all right. You know, and, and uh, I, I got to watch her and CJ hustling and, um, you know, gosh, darn it. You want to talk about uh, how how brave it was for what she was doing. Um, you know, uh, she she was in hot laps, you know, and given no time in the car, heavy race car. She's something heavier probably than she's ever been in. Um, you know, you want to talk about hustling the thing. I mean, she's running 160 mile an hour down the end of the straightaway and backing it in turn three over a hump that takes all the fuel your front end away. 
Um, you know, and then and then getting up there within two or three foot of the wall and, and just staying on the gas, you know, and, and I don't think I mean, I watched I was there when Kyle Larson made his debut there at Springfield. And and, uh, you know, it's still a video. I think Ross Weiss did. It's still a video that gets shown a lot today. And I think she'd have passed him on the outside getting in. I mean, that's how hard and how fast she was running. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of grown men out there that take some years and years and years to get to the point where they could ever even think about attempting that professional guys, you know, and for her to do it, it, it was impressive. So, you know, I, uh, I, I, was I worried about what her outcome was going to be? Probably because I, you know, I knew I've been there and done that, but, uh, nevertheless, it's still impressive performance. I was nauseous watching it. That was, that was just <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, and she ended up uh, losing a cylinder, which actually probably ended up helping her save tire a little bit. Uh, I think the restart you got her on was just race craft and, and experience in the cars. Um, you know, she, uh, it, it, I agree with you. Like, you know, her and Thorson, like, you know, when Thorson had that big crash in the mile, he was like, yeah, just something I have never seen in a, a silver crown car up on the fence. Like bell has been that way. Like, it just takes a certain kind of bravery, but you also see a lot of these guys like Bell and Larson and, and um, refer to the Silver Crown cars as a great, you know, you learn quickly, especially on, how, you know, how to race in a big car like that. And it kind of translates to the stock cars too. Yeah, I think so. I, it really does. You know, I, I came from stock cars. I was uh, the 2009 Missouri State or late model champion uh, with UMP. And so, um, you know, when I, when I jumped over the open wheel stuff, just cause my family was so well oriented, um, and then that had been their, their history. Um, you know, I think honestly, I, I don't know that it, it translated a little bit to midgets. It certainly didn't translate to sprint cars, um, because that's a, you know, that's a, just its own animal. Um, but it, then it translated to silver crown cars, uh, maybe cause you drive off the right front a little bit, maybe cause it's, you know, straight as fast. And, um, you know, I, what I've seen over the years and, and what I've felt myself is midget drivers, the good midget drivers are great silver crown drivers. The good sprint car drivers aren't necessarily great silver crown drivers, you know, um, and, and, and nothing to take away from, you know, outstanding guys and, and hall of famers like Brady Bacon, those guys, but you know, they, Robert blue, they, they're, they're, they're so badass in sprint cars, but seem to just struggle on the crown cars. And, um, you know, it just takes a different thing. So I think Kaylee's uh, midget experience was certainly a, a huge part. And, and, you know, if I was a silver crown car owner and I was wanting the bat, the next badass, I'd be definitely looking at the midget ranks. What's the learning process like just to kind of understand all of that? Because it, like, you know, even looking at somebody like Cody, who, you know, was good, you know, when he first got in these cars, but it's taken him a, li a while. It took him a while to kind of get to where he was always the guy. And, and you were kind of the same way. You made this transition, took you a little bit to kind of understand the race craft, and now you're always a threat on the miles. So what's, what is the hardest part about reeling yourself in and, and kind of pacing yourself and then knowing when to go? Yeah, you know, um, you know, cause that race car certainly starts out with five, 600 pound of fuel weight. And, um, you know, I, I, I've said before, you, you start in them first, them first 20 laps. Um, you know, this is what I tell myself every race. And this has got to be the junkest son of a bitch that I've ever drove. I'm ready to pull this thing off. Let's, let's call it a day about lap 30. Then I'm like, man, I, this thing might not be too bad. You know, this is a pretty decent race car. By lap 70, you're like, I got a gosh darn hot rod here. We're, we're hustling now. And then about like 90, you're like, I will never drive one of these stupid race cars <laughs> in my life. You know, it, 
and it's just it's so wild that you go through so many different uh emotions and and you know it it just takes four or five different um you know mindsets to to get through the day and and uh, you know to be successful at it so um you know certainly if i was going to give up any of those uh, i'd give up the the first three and and just concentrate on from lap 80 to 100 and uh you know when levi was my spotter uh which was back in like 2013 right after he'd retired uh from tsr and you know he'd say let's let's ride around for 50 let's position ourselves for 25 and let's race this son of a bitch for 25 and and that's what we did and and just getting getting in that pattern getting used to that uh certainly was probably you know probably what you got to do to be fast what's next for you to, uh, to win now you got decoin you got uh springfield what, what do you got to win now yeah man i you know i've got i've got decoin twice springfield i've got Terre Haute, williams grove um you know i guess i i finished on you know, podium at eldora it's i Victory Lane, Victory Lane looks pretty badass at Eldora, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. Certainly, the one I one of my missed was the very last race of Syracuse. Uh, led most of the, got by Grant, led most of it, and then let uh, Cody buy me late. Um, you know, and and so I don't know. I I love the old prestigious places. You know, I, I wanted to win Belleville, Kansas. I wanted to, you know, they're just uh, everything that I want to win is stuff that that fifty years ago you had to win. Um, you know, hell, I want to win Langhorn. Can we can we get that one back? Because that that's that one looks fun. <laughs> that would be it. That would be a gnarly one for sure. <laughs> that's uh, that place is insane. You mentioned the history uh, before Dylan came in here after his lunch break. You were showing me some of your cars. You mentioned Levi's your spotter. You have one of his. Is that a championship car? And you have a lot of Foyt cars. Can you show us around your garage? I, I wish you were yeah. at a fire station because that's because the fire station seems pretty cool too. But I mean, these cars, yeah. these cars seem a little bit better. It's cool, but it ain't this cool. So, yeah. So here's just a few of them I got in here, and and like I said, I got quite a few more. But uh, the old Blackie Fortune for can you see that? Okay. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, the old Blackie Fortune car there. That's the '85 uh, USAC championship car with uh, Ricky Hood and. Uh, it's, it debuted in 83 with Schrader and, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty, pretty historic piece. And, uh, Ricky Hood won at IRP in the very first pavement race he ever drove, uh, in that car. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, it ended up being a championship car and, and, uh, then, then Vogler drove it some. And, and so, so it's got a lot of history. Uh, the 37 car here, 37, it was, it was owned by five different guys. And, and honestly, of every, all five of them that owned it, they never changed the the number. They always left the 37, always left it black. And uh, man, it's it's had them all in it. It had Chassis and Stan Fox and Hewitt and Reeves. Um, you know, uh, JP Parsons drove it a bunch. And uh, so hell, it still runs. I, I, you know, I fire it up every once in a while and, and uh, you know, and kind of run it out. The, the uh, 20 car here, which is the 07 USAC National Championship car. That's when Levi and, and Sinhouse were together and as teammates. And, uh, of course, uh, Tony gave this car to Levi and his dad when he won the championship. And then uh, here a year or two ago, Levi is set in the IMS Museum for the, uh, you know, the USAC Thunder deal. And uh, Levi said, man, why don't you come get this thing? And uh, have at it. He said, you can't, you can't sell it. You know, I said, hell, I, I don't buy this stuff to sell. I buy it to keep, you know? And so I've got it. Um, got the Foyt car, if you can see over there, which is 
called the Goodyear Tire Test Car from from uh, the early 90s at the Speedway. And they did some Sears Craftsman commercials in it, ran it. It was actually, it used to be a Oldsmobile, um, and it ran in the 90, 91 Daytona 500. Uh, and then they converted it over to the Lumina. And so uh, it's still got a motor in it. Uh, runs like a dream. Matter of fact, I took it out and ran it down my highway here a couple years ago or two. And, uh, and, and lost it in the middle of a two-lane highway and slid sideways in front of oncoming traffic. <laughs> I, the part I didn't account for is the fact that those are 1992 radial tires, and uh, certainly yeah. they don't grip like they should. So, um, so that's what I. Oh, I got the the Carl Bussin. I don't know if you can see this this white car here or not, but it's it's a uh, non cage uh, car built in 1959 by Johnny White, who uh, for the history buffs, Johnny White, you know, he got paralyzed at Terre Haute and. And was really on his way to to stardom. I think he did run a 500 or two, and um, you know it's a cool piece. Uh, my dad actually started to side this car in the 1967 little 500, and uh, they ran together for a ton of laps. And so I still talk to Carl quite a bit, and uh, you know it's it's got the nailhead Buick. It's got it's essentially about like they come off the racetrack with, and um, so it's it's a pretty badass piece. Uh, just I got uh, an old. An old super modified that was Chuck Amati's, um, you know, that he drove back in the 60s here locally in our area. And, you know, him and my father, who was a who was a uh, sprint car driver, they they were kind of the arch nemesis. And, of course, everybody knows Chuck, uh, the one-armed bandit, you know, and uh, known for having sequins on his driving suit and just really a showman before they were showmen. And um, so so him and my dad, they was they were always kind of arch nemesis. and. Uh, you you kind of it was one of them deals where you you rooted one or you rooted for the other, but you didn't root for both. And I think there was a fist fight or two in the grandstands, you know. And um, it was kind of the local Sammy Swindell, Steve Kinzer type type uh, you know rivalry. And and so, but you know, in the later years, certainly they brought a lot of recognition to the local area and the fans and brought them out the racetrack. And a lot of times you came just to see what happened. So uh, you know, in their later years, they they had a you know mutual respect. So. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm just such a history buff. I love the old race cars. Uh, I've got my dad's old car that competed against that one. I've got uh, Kyle Larson's IWX champ car that that uh, he won the four crown in, and I'm actually restoring it right now. And um, you know, I've got uh, Schrader, Kenny Schrader. Me and Kenny are good buddies. We talk every week, and and uh, me and Kenny, he's he's been providing me a bunch of old race cars and and stuff to, to restore and so i've got his he give me his very first world of outlaw and only world of outlaw win uh winning car and uh, so i got it and i'm restoring it right now also so um you know just a lot of cool pieces and and that i you know keep collecting and um you know i i, I just i i don't have a profit motive you know it's all about just be the history it's all about um you know really i I talked to JP Bigelow and those guys, they all helped me out a lot. And, um, you know, I, I think there's so many lost stories, you know, the, the guys, they, they die, you know, this when the, when the guys pass, the stories pass and the history passes and, um, somebody's got to carry it on, you know, somebody's got to carry it on. And, and, uh, it's easy in your, when you're young to get caught in your racing career and not learn the history and, um, you know, and that's probably what, what we face a little bit now, but 
you know, certainly you guys, uh, you guys understand the history and there's just not a whole lot of us left. And, um, you know, my goal is to have stuff here that I can, you know, when the racers come in at Ducoin, I can invite them in and tell them these stories and, um, you know, just be a, just be another ambassador to the sport. The cars you do have, what, what piques your interest about those particular cars? Why are those the ones that you have in your shop? Well, certainly I'm a champ car lover, so uh, I, I like all the old champ car stuff. Um, you know, I, I'm, uh, if, I think I have four or five head horn winning cars. Um, I, you know, everything for me kind of in, in a lot of ways traces off two guys, either Ted Horn or AJ Foyt. Um, you know, so, so I want, I want the early era stuff. I like the, anything that Foyt had a, had a part in or, or did and anything at the era when it raced against him. And then, you know, um, you know, say Silver Crown, Ducoin, Ted Horn, you know, and, uh, you know, Ted Horn was a pretty cool character and, you know, lost him in 48 there at Ducoin in front, you know, essentially, uh, you know, triple A driving champion and, and, you know, just a, he was a huge part of the history and was going to was going to go down and, and probably still is one of the best. And, um, you know, so I uh, just I like tracking all that and, and seeing where it goes. And so that's that's kind of where all, all my, you know, uh, history buffing comes from. Cool. You're muted, Ty. Got to wiggle the wire. Hello. The wire Hello? There he is. God bless America. I got sunlight coming in my screen too. We're professional operation here, Shane. You look, you look like you're in jail. I know. I don't know. I don't understand why. I don't understand why it happens like this all the time. I don't know what the best solution is. I guess maybe just leave it open. I think I was going to say, I think drivers are, are fortunate nowadays that we live in an internet age, right? Like I, you hit on something that was interesting. Yeah, no, I am a history buff and, and, you know, I've been really pushing this history films that we've been producing at flow just because I feel like we do need to tell some of the stories that have been lost and that are only hearsay, you know, they're, you know, almost like, you know, wives tales. Right. Um, well now the internet age, like they can see that you won, you know, this race this past weekend, or they can see the history of what you've done over your career. Like nowadays you can search for that kind of stuff back then. Some of these drivers, you don't even know what they did or accomplished. And, and it's just different nowadays. It is, it is, uh, you know, I, we've got a, you know, it, it's such a fast paced world, you know, that, that, uh, you know, certainly we don't have the, the crowds that they had and, and. You know, you say it's social media, everything's at your fingertips, but at the same time, you know, you, you may run through, scroll through social media and see that somebody won and three posts later, you, your brain is just totally distracted. It's off to something else, you know, um, where before you either, you know, early days, obviously you waited to hear it on the radio and then, then later on it was the speed sport and, you know, and then you read in speed sport and you knew, you knew what everybody did. And so. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little tougher these days. And so, um, you know, I, I, I'm just trying, I'm like you guys, I'm trying to be the, the medium that, uh, you know, that, that can, can take what happens and, and, you know, really tell it to the next generation. So what's next for you? The Silver Crown season concludes, I guess, this weekend at, at IRP. Um, but what's, mm -hmm. what's next for you? Are you just, are you just Silver Crown stuff now or are you back running sprint car stuff too? Yeah, so we ran the sprint car stuff with the um, uh, 
extreme outlaw deal all year and and uh we're we're actually leading the championship right now we've got about two shows to go and that's at devil's bowl uh and that's next week the 28th and 29th the uh, uh pretty much led it for i'd say about half the season and uh, it's coming down to the wire uh, but they're they're hot on my heels i'm i'm leading i think got a 26 point lead and alex bright's uh right behind me and then jake swanson who who's probably arguably the hot, hottest uh, sprint car driver going right now is uh, about 53 points back so um you know we're it's it's going to be it's it's going to be a dog fight uh but i i was able to go to the devil's bowl here two or three weeks maybe a month ago and in an elite series race and won and and uh you know if you haven't been to devil's bowl man you want to talk about a badass place that that place is wild it's you know you got a front straightaway and a back straightaway that are probably 25 30 looks like about a hundred feet elevation difference. You uh, go uphill into one, all the way through one and two, and and you can really, uh, you know, kill a lot of speed getting in, um, but then downhill into three, you're, you know, that sucker just keeps on driving, you know? And so uh, I, I was able to go there. I think that that's probably gonna be a pretty good advantage, um, you know? And so we'll see, it's, uh, I'd certainly like to get a national championship in that, that first year of the Extreme Outlaw deal. Um, it, you know, it'd be huge, obviously huge for my career and, and huge for my team because, uh, a little tidbit, uh, the Chuck Amati, uh, and Cliff Cockrum era that I said they were, they were arch rivals. Um, now I drive Shane Wade, who's Chuck Amati's grandson. And, uh, so the Cockrum Amati is back teamed up and, and, um, you know, so Chuck was the part of the very first world outlaw race there at Devil's Bowl in the late 70s and here now 44 years later we're going to be back at the same place battling for an inaugural championship so it's a pretty pretty good storyline yeah cool. that is everybody wants a first championship right you always want to be the first um before that's we right. get you out of here uh you're a firefighter right that's like your full-time job um you know that's pretty badass i mean there, there aren't many uh firefighting uh race car drivers right no no i you know there's uh you know, I don't know. It's, I guess, adrenaline junkie. That's, that's what it comes down to. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I certainly, I, I, I run to work on Monday and I'm the fire chief. So, um, you know, that makes it a little easier. I get to kind of jump out and go do things when I want to do them. And, um, but you know, no two days are the same, uh, you know, Monday through Thursday or Friday, you're hustling, you're hell, you're, you're, you know, my past year or two has been hanging off of a hundred foot tower trying to, talk people down from suicide, which I've been successful twice at to, to, uh, to moan horn, but, uh, that then the next minute we, you know, it's a major fire or a major car wreck. And we have, you know, we got a big interstate here, which is the most dangerous interstate part of the interstate in Illinois. So, um, they pile, pile them up left and right. It looks like Daytona about daily. <laughs> and, uh, so, so we're out there a lot and, uh, yeah. So when I show up to the race on Friday, it's my week has not been uh boring it's uh most time i go racing to get away from the the craziness that's getting ready to happen on the weekend that's cool man that's really cool i want to come over and see your cars for sure maybe put a camera on it or something that's that's an awesome collection you got going on and congratulations on the win uh you, you conquer the illinois miles man go uh smoke a cigar drink some scotch ron burgundy style <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right i think that and uh you know, certainly I'd like in a few years, I have the Chili Bowl other than the watch, and uh, maybe I'm going to try to do another Chili Bowl run this year. But 
for the next two or three months, I'm going to um, get on my exercise bike and do all my try to get myself back in, in midget racing shape, which uh, is not what I'm in right now. It's, uh, you know, I'm I'm in that uh, mode, uh, that silver crown mode only almost, you know, I uh, it's funny. I, I'll have to tell the story, but, um, you know, hell, Pat, I jumped off the car in Victor Lane and Pat Sullivan said, and that's a that's a long way down for a guy his age, you know. And so that was <laughs> that was gut shot number one. And then my spotter <laughs> comes down from the from the spotter stand, and he said, "Hell, I was running down, running through the bleachers." And he said, "I seen this guy, and he brought his daughter to the races." And she looked at him, and she said, "Man, that's a big old boy there, you know." And I thought, <laughs> "Well, I must be I'm I'm getting that fat, so it's uh, <laughs> I'd like to do the chili bowl. I'm gonna have to have to cut her down a little bit." You know, skip a meal or two. So. <laughs> who drank you or who drank more, you or Brian Tyler? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I I feel about in that same boat. You know, it's it's funny. <laughs> I you know, I I feel young, but I I seem to migrate towards Brian Tyler and and uh, Shane Cottle at the racetrack for some reason. You know, so it's uh, we're we're all about that same boat. Although I don't think I can out drink either one of those guys. Or, uh, those, those guys, guys are, are those guys are professionals. Those are yeah, that's, a, that's what you call a professional drinkers, right there, my friend. Uh, congratulations, yeah. man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, that sounds good, guys. I appreciate it, bro. See you. The Chief Shane Cockrum, everyone. Uh, he was an awesome guest, D Welch. I didn't realize he had that awesome collection. Yeah, I've I've seen him post some pictures and stuff about it before, but. Um, Shane's like, you know, the consummate silver crown guy, right? Like somebody that appreciates those cars for what they are, appreciates the history of the sport, um, you know, and is a great ambassador just for that form of racing and, and kind of keeping it alive and showing people how cool it is. So, um, no, that was, that was cool for him to, to be able to win both the Illinois mile races and, um, you know, not only because they're, they're close to home, but he just appreciates what the miles mean. So uh, I was, I was glad to see that for him. Not a bad backdrop to have a Levi Jones car back there, an AJ Foyt car, yeah. Ricky Hood car. Uh, cool I, I'm going to out, out to see that hauler. Yeah, that's be be awesome. To drink some beer there for sure. Uh, no, are you? Um, what are you guys doing for Halloween? Uh, I'm racing on Halloween night at Millbridge in the micro. Well, that's right. Are you going to break some news or what? I can sure now that I got all my sponsorship taken care of for it. You're muted again, Cletus. Oh, his cord was unplugged. That's why. Hello. There he is. Mother. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, do 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 do. Are you gonna break some news or what? Yeah, yeah, sure we can. I'm uh, yeah, I'm gonna run the what's the actual name of the race? The Carolina Micro Showdown, I think, at Millbridge. Uh, on Halloween night in the Tuesday, uh, the next day leading into World Finals, ten ten grand to win micro race, uh, and I'm gonna run for Big Al and Joby Miller. So. Uh, excited about that. I've, you know, Big Al used to be my crew chief when I drove for BCI back in the uh, early 2010s, 2012, 2013. Al was my crew chief. So 
um, excited to get team back up with him and, and get to go run some and um, raised a little bit of money for some, uh, you know, for some companies there here in the Charlotte area. So looking forward to having them on the car and um, Jason and Kim from Sundollar are going to be on the car as well as um, our friends from Florida Safety Systems and uh, Crow Equipment in, uh, in Indiana. So we've got a good group that'll uh, be helping us out. Wait, Jason and Kim are going to be on the car and we don't have a Sundollar hat shake logo going on this car? Well, we can make that the logo. I already sent it to, I already sent the logo to Al, so it might be too late. <clears throat> Big Al, you crashed a lot of his cars, haven't you? Yeah, I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> we were, it was my first year in midget race, my first, you know, dirt year ever. So I crashed a lot of his cars and he never lets me forget it. <laughs> Look at my dog. I know, I see it. <clears throat> Marshall and Millie's brother, uh, we lost a few years ago. Uh, his name was his name was Cletus. Uh, and that's him right there. That's Cletus. He's drinking, he's drinking a Blake's hard cider. Apple, uh, apple lantern. Roasted pumpkin hard cider. Delicious. Try it, D. Welch. It's really good. Apple lantern and roasted pumpkin? Yeah. There's a lot going so, on there. It's like an apple cider with a hint of like pumpkin spice. Uh, it's really right. good. Like it's really really good. Little interesting little spice. Yes, I like it. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I tried to decorate for the show today. But uh, no, Cockrum is awesome. Congrats on the ride. I'm sure. What did Big Al watch the show last week and was like, uh, I'll hit up D. Welch. Uh, I highly doubt that he watched the show, but he did reach out to me and wanted me to run or asked if I could run. So I'm glad that. Uh, that we could put something together big al has been a guest in the past go seek out his show he was actually one of the best we've had uh on the loud pedal podcast thanks for listening this week thanks to our producer colt uh for helping us out um our partners sundollar restoration who you will see on d welch's car at uh, the millbridge race um and uh, what dirtdraft.com our friends there play their game thanks for listening shane cockram uh thanks for joining the show this has been the loud pedal podcast on Flow, the chief.